Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade in the Stock Market. In today's episode, we are going to talk about this one guy here. He's made a lot of money and then he lost a lot of money. And then he has some additional questions about me about the times that I traded poorly, undisciplined, and what did I do to improve. This comes from a guy that I'm going to call Stretch. Stretch was a friend of my dad's. When they were growing up, they would wade through the Everglades to go fishing. Yeah, sounds crazy. That's something I would never do. But he did it back in like the 50s, man. And anyways, I don't know what ever happened to Stretch, but I figured I'd pay a little homage to one of my dad's childhood friends from the old Florida redneck days. All right, so Stretch writes, Hi, Ryan, I started listening to your podcast about two months ago, and I'm going back in time to listen to all the episodes. Thank you for sharing your experience in a straightforward way, short and to the subject. And thank you for not trying to sell the empty promises of get rich fast like most other trading experts. Now, for some reason, I feel like I've actually done this email before. And here's the problem. I can't find where I've actually done this one before. It had to have been within the last 16 episodes. But I've gone back and I can't see where any of the episodes look like this email. So I know I've read this email before, but I don't think I've actually done it. If I have, my apologies. I don't think it'll contradict the previous podcast episode if there is such a one. But it'll only add to it. So my apologies if this is a repeat. I swear I could not find where I have done this email before. But it was a good email, so I wanted to make sure I covered it. Stretch goes on to write, but first, what am I drinking? Nothing. Oh, wow. He's pulling one on me, guys. He says, I went to Total Wine to buy a bottle of bourbon. I realized I have no idea about what to buy without breaking the bank. Well, I will tell you this. I would say Benchmark Small batch is a really good place to start if you're looking for something like in the $18, $19 range, which is almost like as cheap as you can get these days. If you want to go a little bit more upscale, you have in like the $40 range, $38, $39 range. Old Scout. Old Scout's really good too. So he says, I cannot remember any brand that scored high for you, and I don't know much about bourbon. So do you have a list of the drinks that you reviewed with the scores you gave? It would be very helpful for you to make it available. I actually need to make this available, guys, because I do get a lot of requests about that. 
Back to trading. I started about one year ago, mostly day trading and some swing trading on my phone at work when possible. I had no idea about what I was doing, but I managed to make a profit of about $6,000 in about six months. Good job. Since then, I lost it all and then some, as I am going through a serious drawdown of approximately 65% of my total account. I am patiently waiting to recover, and I'm aware that it may take years. I made all of the mistakes possible. FOMO, chasing stocks, doubling down, moving the stops, or not using stops at all. Although a painful lesson, I believe that I learned quickly what not to do in the future, and I accept it as part of the process. Surprisingly, I am not mad about it, and I think it is a good lesson for future trading. These are my questions. Can you talk about times when you lost money or traded poorly, and what did you do to improve? And all the YouTube videos or podcasts out there, everybody boasts about how much money they made and how successful they are. But only a few talk about the bad times that they went through. I know you swing trade. Do you do any day trading, options trading, futures, or forex? In your opinion, what are the pros and cons of these different types of trading? Thank you very much for all that you do. Stretch. All right, Stretch, that's a good email. Lots to talk about in this one, too. So I'm drinking. This is a good bottle, man. It's a hard-to-find bottle. I think I've only seen it once out in the open at retail, and I snagged it. I got it for, I think, about, I want to say like $70 or $80. It's Booker's. Booker's, man. It's really good. I can tell you, I had it one time at a friend's house. The guy just whipped out a Booker's bottle and said, hey, use these for old fashions. I didn't know what the heck I was using, but let me tell you, it makes an incredible old fashioned, which I may go back and do that with Booker's in a future podcast. This one, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful bourbon. I mean, just looking at it, it's got like a deep, rich brown color to it. 62.15% alcohol. That makes it 124.3 proof. So yeah, this one's a burner here, guys. To the nose, it has almost like sweet cereal-like flavors to it. I mean, it really, really just a pleasant, pleasant smell. Ah, oh, this is a burner. Oh, man, I think it might have been on my end there, though, man, because I think I just almost like threw it back too fast and... Man, it is like burning the esophagus, I can tell you that. Woo! Okay, this, this is good, but I got to take another sip. Okay, the second one wasn't so bad. Finish-wise, didn't burn me as much unless you just throw it all the way into the back and yeah, it burns really bad. But if you just sip on it, not bad. It doesn't come in as hot as I would have expected. So I would say a very, very pleasant taste, very pleasant finish. Remember, this is uncut and unfiltered. And this comes from the Jim Beam product line. This was aged six years, 11 months, 22 days. Man, I wish they could have made it seven years. Just like those whole numbers. But yeah, they definitely kept track of it. Definitely more of a like a pine nut, oaky kind of a taste. And even on the finish too, very similar qualities. But it's very, very pleasant. I would say it's an everyday sipper if it wasn't so darn expensive. Can't make it an everyday sipper or a weekday sipper at these prices. More of like a weekend sipper or special occasion sipper. I'm going to give it like an 8-1. I think it's really good, guys. I don't think there's anything to dislike about Booker's. And I feel like I've had a lot of good bourbons of late outside of Canadian whiskeys and some of those other ones. But this one's a pretty darn good one here. I think it's fair to say it's an 8-1. Now, back to Stretch, man. So he does make a point in the first paragraph. There's a lot of people that are going to promise you that you can get rich quick in the market. And you're seeing a lot too with like the younger generation. They're creating these crazy videos about like how to turn $100 into $1,000, how to make a million dollars out of 10 cents. I mean, just some really preposterous videos. You're also seeing it in the real estate market too. You're seeing all these people talking about it. In fact, if you go to my Instagram page and look at some of the reels, that would be at SharePlanner on Instagram. And I'm not trying to shamelessly promote it. I'm just saying on that page, there is an amazing couple of videos where it just shows you how ignorant some people are just about the real estate market. And though this isn't a real estate podcast, 
it furthers the point that people are trying to tell you is like, oh yeah, get yourself a, like a hundred units or even a thousand units, and then you can make endless riches. Let me tell you, that might work for a little while where you can just keep on piling on the houses and use the equity from one and apply it to the other. But eventually the roosters do come home to roost in the real estate market. And you're starting to see that right now. And if these people have variable mortgages or if they're renting these things out and they all of a sudden can't charge the same amount that they were charging before for rent, you've got a huge problem on your hands. And it's going to, I truly believe that while I don't think we're looking at the same issue as we saw in 2008 with the housing crisis then, I think there's a different kind of housing crisis going on with all the Airbnbs and all the rentals. Everybody's wanting to become a landlord these days. And when you're seeing signs where Blackstone's like, hey, we're going to stop buying here. Yeah, we should probably start paying attention to that. So my point is, if people are trying to say that they can make you rich quick by buying this or selling you that, be skeptical of it, guys. I've really never seen anybody have a get-rich-quick scheme. The way to riches. Unless you're an innovator and you come across this just crazy idea that just can make you just millions upon billions of dollars, is slow and steady. That's what the stock market about. That's what swing trading is about. Yes, you can make profits along the way, and it's nice to see those short-term profits come in. But if you're really ultimately looking to get rich in the stock market or anything else, it takes years of discipline, it takes years of success, and it takes years of patience that most people don't have. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. So his trading situation here, he started off doing some day trading and swing trading on his phone at work. I can relate to that. I can't really relate as much to the phone because when I was trading at work, there really wasn't a smartphones in, in existence. So I was trading more off of a desktop and all that stuff. But I could imagine how much more seamless it is to be able to trade off of your phone when you're at work. I'm sure there's so many people that actually do it too nowadays. I haven't been in a workplace in ages, so I wouldn't know. But... This guy made a profit of $6,000 in six months. I don't know what his capital was. If he was starting off with $6,000, it seems like it's pretty significant. Like I don't think it was, uh, hey, I had a $200,000 account and I turned it into $206,000 account. It sounds more like, hey, I had a $10,000 account and I turned it into $6,000. And if that's the case, he's lost 65% of his total account since then. So let's say he started off at 14, just to make the math simple. He goes from 14000 to 20000 Okay, He's made $6,000 and he's lost 65%. Now he's looking at a $13,000 loss, and he's down to $7,000 into his account. That is significant, guys. Significant. And that goes back to what you hear me preach on a lot. I talk about how one losing trade, one bad losing trade can wipe out a history of good trades. This guy, over the course of six months, made some really good trades, pulled it all the way up to $6,000. I should probably preface good trades. I mean, it could have been very undisciplined trades that just managed because of the market conditions being so forgiving, allowed him to make $6,000. But again, the lack of discipline, the lack of a trading plan, the lack of the ability to manage risk and stay disciplined cost him in the long run to where, okay, now he's lost 65% of his account. He made 6000 lost 13000 That means he's almost down 50% in his account. Horrible, horrible thing to have to experience. Look, Stretch is owning up to it. He says, I realize it's going to take me years to recover. I know this is of my own doing. It's a huge lesson. I'm not mad about it. I just think that I need to learn from it. 
Okay, man. Hey, props to Stretch, man. Stretch understands the situation. I think he's in a better position to be able to recover faster than most people because he recognizes the situation. He recognizes the root cause of it, being undisciplined, not having a plan, not managing the risk. He's not letting the emotions just tear him up inside and have to go revenge trading to try to make it back. So good for Stretch, man. If you can learn from your disasters in trading, you'll be so much better off for it in the long term. I mean, I guess as long as it doesn't wipe you out completely. So I pray to God that this guy wasn't actually using like $200,000, made $206,000, and then proceeded to lose 65% of his capital. I don't know. I don't know what his actual starting amount was. But I could tell you, I see this kind of mentality all the time. I have numerous friends who go all in on all of their trades, and they'll have some success at it, and they'll get up really, really big. And it turns into this disaster that you see unfold real time where they'll get into a leveraged ETF. They'll get into it, and then they'll start doubling down on it as they're wrong. If you're in a leveraged ETF and you start taking losses, man, have a stop loss in place to manage the risk. That's really the only way you could play those things with any kind of consistent success in the long term. If you don't, you'll find yourself doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down, and then you've got a portfolio that's completely maxed out in margin. And then what happens? Okay, maybe you're right on it. Maybe you're right. You book 50% gain on it. But then when that next opportunity rolls around, what do you do? You do the same exact thing because that's what worked for you last time. It worked for you last time, so it must be right. That's how we're programmed. That's how we're wired. We're going to do what bailed us out last time the right way. But the market doesn't care what worked for you last time. It doesn't even know what worked for you last time. It's going to do what it wants. So you start that doubling, you tripling down, you're ignoring the stop losses, you can't take the loss, and guess what happens? You start taking more money. You don't even have more money to throw at it at this time. You're margined out. All of a sudden, you're getting margin calls. All of a sudden, you're down 50% in your account, 60%. What do you do? You're done. You're completely done. You got to essentially reset yourself. And what is the root cause of this? It's from the inability to lose. You have to be willing to lose in the stock market. You have to be willing to take losses, consecutive losses, multiple losses. You have to be able to do that. If you don't take losses and take them soon and take them fast, you're never going to be profitable long term. I don't say this because I'm some kind of like, crazy guy that likes to inflict pain on myself. You have to take the losses. You have to take the losses or you'll never be a winner. Yes, you may win on a trade here and there. The market may forgive you of your horrible discretion. But long term, oh, it's going to ruin you. It will ruin you. And I don't understand why it's so hard. I mean, I can preach this stuff till I'm blue in the face at so many people and it will not register. They'll say, yeah, yeah, you know, I totally get it. I get what you're saying. And then they get into the trade again and they do the same thing over again. You can't stop it sometimes. You have to believe it. And believing, gosh, let me tell you, in the trading block, I will put together a string of losses and I hate it. It sucks. But I also know too, by keeping those losses small, it sets me up to win in the long term. I just did it this past month. I started off. I'll even just go through my trade results with you. I started off with a negative 2% loss. I started off with a negative 1.9% loss, followed up by a 1.5% loss. 0.7% loss. Four losing trades to start the month. I'm down on the month. I even had two of the next four trades turn out to be losers. But what did I do? The next five trades were winners, but they were much bigger winners. You had a 5% winner. You have a 9% winner. You have another 5% winner. And it wipes out those losing trades really quick because I'm losing quick and winning slow. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to take the losses and the bumps along the way, knowing that it's going to happen, that you're not a perfect trader, that you're not going to be perfect at your craft. And that just because you take a loss, it's not a blow to your ego. It's not a invalidating of your self-worth or your ability to trade successfully long-term. You're going to be okay because what you're ultimately trying to do is you're trying to clear the way 
to where the losing trades don't overshadow your winning trades. There's no successful winning trader long-term that isn't a consistent loser. They don't take consistent losses. You have to take consistent losses. You can be a successful trader just winning 40% of the time as long as your winning trades outpace the losing trades. You're letting your winners run. There's successful strategies built on a 33% win rate. I kid you not. Why is it? Because the losing trades, they'll keep those 2 or 3% losses while the winning trades will average 8 to 10%. If you're not keeping the losses small, if you're not losing and willing to take losses along the way, I don't even have to see your winning trades. I can just tell you right off the gate, you're not winning. You're not a profitable trader. In the end, we want to avoid the big losing losses. Because like I said, one losing trade can wipe out an entire history of good trades. But on the other side, on the flip side of things, one winning trade can wipe out a series of consecutive losses. I do it all the time, guys. And it's funny because a lot of people start to doubt me a lot when I have my losing trades. I'll be questioned about them. And while... Yeah, it's kind of a blow to the ego when I'm seeing myself get questioned or, you know, seeing a little bit of the hate. It's when I start seeing all those losing questions where I'm usually seeing and people saying, you know what, I'm not taking his trades anymore. Dude's taking three or four of them in a row. I'm not following that anymore. That's usually the sign that I'm about to turn the corner. I don't know it for sure, but history shows you, man, when people get that emotional or when they get that upset, it's usually a good sign that I'm about to get back on the right track. So, hey. By the way, I wouldn't be doing my job here if I didn't plug my swingtradingthestockmarket.com. That's the patron podcast where you can get all of my stock market research each and every day. We're doing a couple videos each day, providing you with analysis on the different trade setups that I'm seeing out there. You're also getting my weekly watch list, updates on big tech, updates on all of the market indices. So it's a really, really good value. I highly recommend everybody check that out. And in the process, you're supporting this podcast. And if you want to support this podcast a little bit more, leave a five-star review. Those things mean the world to me, man. If you can leave a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. And make sure to keep sending me your questions, Ryan at SharePointer.com. I haven't been getting as many of late, so step it up, guys. Send me some. All right, guys. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.